Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for everything and the feedback and everything that I got from the first episode. I'm super excited to be doing this and to continue to share my story and um, hear a little bit about everybody else's story, about their experiences with their emotions, specifically men's. Um, And I hope that everybody's having a really good day. Uh, I sure am. I got a lot done today, and this is a part of that. So pretty excited to, well, I'm excited, but I'm a little bit scared for this episode to be real honest with you. And you'll, uh, you'll find out why in a, uh, in a moment here, actually. Um, I hope that the weather that has been going on is not affecting everybody else like it is me right now. My feet are freezing. This time period is always rough on me because I have really thin bones. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a struggle out here right now. So... Um, happy men's mental health awareness month, by the way, which I regret to inform everybody. I just now was aware of speaking of being aware of the month. Um, so this is fitting that the last episode was a couple days before this month even began and. We're going to get episode two and episode three in here. For those of you who didn't listen to my Instagram story, the kind of the plan right now um, and for the foreseeable future is Fridays, every other Friday, uh, 9 p.m., new episode. Boom. Solid set in stone. That's what we're doing for right now. Um, maybe at some point I'll do it weekly, but I'm going to have to get a consistent flow of guests in. So again, as I've already mentioned, if you are interested in being on the podcast, please let me know. I would love to have you for the most part, unless again, if you're not willing to talk about some things, then might, might want to steer clear, but for the most part, let's get it going. Uh, today will be a little bit more of a, uh, serious, I guess, uh, episode I mean, for what it's worth, what I will be talking about is my battle, if you will. I don't, I have such a weird view on this whole entire situation, but my relationship, I should say, with substance, namely weed and alcohol, um, and most importantly, especially recently, alcohol. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for last episode. Uh, I have gotten. Uh, I have felt, I mean, it's, I'm not like at a huge scale. I don't have thousands of followers and all that stuff, but the responses that I've heard from people so far has meant so much to me. I got a text last night that from a dear friend of mine talking about how it was just nice to know that there was someone else out there that was actually honed in on themselves and honed in on making sure that they were the best person that they could be. And it's su- it's a, such a lonely road you feel like to be on, especially because you have to spend so much time by yourself. And so I really appreciated that. She really appreciated me. And um, just I, I a lot of people have come and reached out to me like and already said, like, you've been inspiring me lately. And I'm like, I 
don't even feel like I deserve it. But thank you. This is why I'm doing this. It's not just for me. It's for other people. Um, and even though my audience is on a smaller scale at this point in time, it means a lot. So I really appreciate that. And thank you, and thank you for just allowing me to begin the sharing of my story and the start of this journey that, uh, that I hope to be on here. And um, yeah, the response has been incredible. Um, and I'm just really grateful for that. What will, we, what will we be talking about today? I already kind of touched on uh, use of substance and the effects it had on me and um, what it could probably be having on you at this point in time and you may not be necessarily super aware of. I think right now with COVID and everything that was going on, you were I was just doing this stuff because it was what I knew and then it got to a point where I was like doing it to mask the fact that I was scared of the reality we were living in and I was scared of my own future because of the trajectory I was putting it on which was not good um and I'm 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 very afraid unfortunately to talk about this because there's still a lot of shame and regret that I feel about the entire situation and the things that I would do when I was in this kind of mindset. And now that I'm out of it, I'm like, darn, if I wish I could have changed that, if only like I could have realized it sooner, but I've come to the point where I, you know, I, I've gone to a point where I just think that it's better late than never. And that's just not for me. That's for you as well. And I'm not saying I'm not coming on here and saying like, if so for me, I'm sober now. But I'm not saying that you need to quit, but have a good relationship with the substance that you're, you choose to use. And I, I feel that this is a really necessary topic. However, and it is something where I just want to kind of rip the band-aid off, just talk about it, get it out there, but I'm scared too. And hopefully this can be of some use and perspective to others that got or maybe will get into a cycle that I did. I definitely want this to be an episode that people can go back on into the future. Um, hopefully this can inspire people to realize there is a light at the end of the tunnel in those situations. And um, my, I, w I wasn't like addicted to narcotics or anything that's super like real, like hard shit to get over. Uh, by the way, I decided that I'm going to swear on this podcast. So <laughs> I just, I decided that, so I hope you're okay with it. Uh, but real hard shit to get over, and I, I, every every situation is its own, as we've already discussed. But there's something that you can still take out of this, and it was not a catastrophic proportion of my use at all. I, I still could carry a job. I still had most of my relationships intact. Thank God. And thank you to the people out there that have kind of uh, stuck with me through this situation and believed in me, number one, knowing that I wasn't reaching my full pot potential, but that I could still get there. And that there were things that I had realized. Not not a lot of people would just come out and say, like, hey, um, what you're doing is... You're not helping yourself, man, except for one person. There was one person in my life that 
that had the brave, the courage to be like, Jack, you have to stop. And um, super uh, incredibly, I so, so, so thankful that someone cared about me that much to say those words. And I, it's, it's eight, eight months on the 10th. So I'm, I'm recording this on 11.11. Yeah, I got, to, I got to recording this a little late this week, but it is what it is. I know I can get it out in time. But yesterday was eight months. In four months from now, I will be celebrating a year sober. A year. And I, I know I'm not going to be doing anything in the meantime because honestly, I don't have time for that shit right now. But in four months, I will be celebrating a year sober. I hadn't gone more than... I hadn't gone more than a week sober since probably my senior year of high school, which is six years now. So that's crazy to me. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's such a cool feeling. Uh, and something I'm super grateful for. And if you are struggling with something along these lines, there's always hope. There's always hope. My situation, like not the worst. I've seen situations that are worse. Still hope there. There's always hope. And if you feel like you need any help and have no one to call, uh, have no one, you can call 1-800-662-4357. It's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And I'm sure they can direct you in whatever direction you need to go to get the help that you need. And I think that it's important that I put that out there because who knows who could be listening to this right now. Um, so yeah, just know that that's an avenue as well. Uh, so how all of this started, it reaches back a far way as it often does for most people. Uh, when I was a really young kid, like I, I was never really feeling like I was good enough. I think the comparisons to other people started when I was really young. Uh, feeling like I could never do anything right and feeling like I was always failing at something. And I know a lot of those things aren't true. At least they do now. Um, but there are tons of things in my life, things in my life where I acted in a situation the perfect way, but I didn't necessarily give myself recognition for that. In many ways, it's, it is natural and so much easier to, for us to fixate on negative actions or negative emotions in our life. Substance, and more specifically alcohol, can act as a catalyst towards climactic events in tandem with these emotions. And for me, I know that there are many relationships I've broken beyond repair through my actions, or rather reactions, of those two things working as a team. And it's a shame, because those things truly aren't me. And I think that the people that can re relate to that realize that it also isn't them. For the longest time, and to some extent even now, I treated myself very much like a perfectionist that never got anything perfect. And because of that, I viewed myself as a failure. Caring so deeply for things, but not being able to quote or unquote, quote, deliver. Even though I finally delivered the last episode, I still nitpicked it like hell. You can ask my friends. I was so fucking mad that I said, you know, so many times on that. And I'm trying to cut back on it and make sure that my thoughts are more fleshed out and whatnot. But 
oh my god i was so mad it was like every minute i was editing it out and 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 that's just the kind of thing but that doesn't mean that i'm a failure that doesn't mean that i failed the the, the reality is it's a win that i got it out in the first place cuz you all know that how long it took for this to become a thing i mean the idea was was founded at the beginning of covid and now we're we're in this shit so that i mean that's that's just kind of how my mind still even works to this day and it's something that i'm working on uh but because i became aware of things like that later on in my life i've learned to start looking at the good things i've put into these situations rather than fixating on things i didn't do 100% right but when i was a kid a preteen and a young adult i didn't i just didn't know and bad moments would happen Yet I was taught by not only my environment, but also my peers that numbing is the easiest way to deal with your emotions. I think I got to a point where I felt everything so deeply and so astronomically in comparison to others that I was tired of allowing that impact rather than embracing the care and love that I had inside myself. Little did I know the lasting impact of that so-called advice that people would give me was going to have. I remember for so long I was so against drinking and drugs of any kind before I reached high school, but I had a really rough year when I fell in love for the first time. I was always chasing, and because of the nature of the situation I was always fucking up, or at least it felt like it. I remember caring so deeply about the situ situation that I never got to a point where I could forgive myself for the things that I did, and even though that situation was now 10 years ago, there is still a lot of care that I have there. If that girl called me up right now and said that she was in the hospital and she just needed someone to talk to, I would go. I mean, I don't still love her, but there were things that I said back then that still ring true now. And it's crazy to me that it's been such a long time but that situation helped mold me. And I'm so thankful for that. At the same time, it helped destroy me, though, at the time. I didn't take care of myself. I couldn't have fun doing things. I'd never gave my mind the time to breathe. I had a really good friend group that was always trying to do stuff in the area, but I would just want to sit at home and play video games. A common theme. And granted, I was 14, I honestly didn't know any better. And I in no way blame that situation or that person for the problem that I ended up having. I don't want anyone to feel like that is what I'm saying. But I think that was the moment in my life where I got to a point where I was just sick and tired of my emotions. Especially considering the fact that it felt like it was taking over much of my life. And not only that, but I also felt like for whatever reason, I had a spotlight on me at all times. It's easy to feel that way in junior high and high school, but it felt especially like it was on me. It felt like every move I made, every word I said was being monitored and analyzed with criticism. And there was absolutely no way I'm the only one that felt that way. And this is a huge reason 
for why I'm such a big fan of Justin Bieber. Because I relate to him so much. I mean, back then I hated him. And I think it, part of that is because I hated myself. Obviously, his experiences are on a much larger scale. But when he was going through his issues, got that DUI and had his own battle with substances, I very much felt that. And I, I sort of retroactively connect the dots there of what he was going through. He didn't feel like he had anyone, yet he had everything. And I mean, I don't have everything, but I think living in some sort of gratitude, you can look at your life like you have everything. You have everything that you could need, especially we live in America, bro. I got a house over my head or a roof over my head. I get food like and I have the essential needs. I have everything I need. And for someone who attracted so much attention and energy, Justin definitely was hurting and felt alone. But watching him just overcome that and become just such a good man and his, his music has become so much better. It was so, it's so inspiring to me. And it's one of the biggest reasons for why he is now my favorite artist. I mean, it's, it's, it's separate from how like talented he is. Uh, but yeah, I, the, he's my favorite artist for that reason. And I feel like his song Lonely talks about the solitude of how he was feeling. And to me, being the middle child, I very much embraced solitude and found time to value it and appreciate it. Because there were a lot of things that I found out about myself that came from solitude. And I think that I addressed most of my anger, which I had a lot of for a really long time, in the time periods where I was just spending time by myself. And thank God, because anger isn't something that has any control over me at all anymore. If I get angry, I am able to attack it pretty well. But as much as the lone, like the solitude and everything, I, I appreciated it. It got to a point where it was way too much and something I abused. I think that anything in your life that you enjoy can be ruined if you do too much of it. For the most part. I don't think love is something that you can ruin by doing too much of it or giving too much of it or receiving too much of it. But I think for the most part, you're going to ruin it and you're going to start to see some negative benefits for you or you're going to, it's kind of like you build up a tolerance to that and you just need more and more and more and more and more of it to the point where you don't even feel like you enjoy it anymore. And that's probably some psychological shit that I know nothing about and something that has to do with dopamine and serotonin that some psychologists can probably explain that I can't. Uh, but it got to a point where I was abusing this time to myself. And that all started in high school. I, I mean, in high school, I started it just like everyone else. 
trying to find my place, trying to fit in. I started hanging around, you know, popular kids because it's what I felt like I wanted to be. But after a semester, my passion called out to me. I knew I liked bringing people joy and I knew I loved performing. It's part of the reason why I'm doing this. It's part of the reason why I do music. It's part of the reason why I'm getting back into acting. It's I like bringing happiness to other people. So I joined drama. And let me tell you, <laughs> for those of you who know, but for those of you who, for those of you, some of you know, but some of you don't know, I have never experienced anything more polarizing than my time in that program. As much love and happiness I felt in that program, I also felt equally as much hate and despair. I guess that's why they call it drama. There's drama and drama. And this is a time period where my efforts in correlation with outcomes had the most impact on my self-worth. I was one of the very few people that got cast in every single production I tried out for, but I never got a lead. And even to this day, and I fucking hate that I can say this, but even to this day, that gets to me. Especially because there would be so many times after a show, someone would come up and be like, why didn't you have a bigger role? You stole the show. And I was just like, oh my god. Right? <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. And I'm sure I'm saving more of this experience for a later episode. So, gonna not talk about that too much at this point. Needless to say, me and my dearest friend at the time were hanging out a lot, and he began smoking weed, and for the longest time I was so much against it. And one day, upon some convincing, I tried it with him. I didn't really like it the first few times I tried it, the, the act of doing it, that is, but after a while that numbed itself out, and I liked the way it made me feel. And I'm confident that the problem started and became so bad because the relationship was built upon making myself feel better about the pain I had. Not only just with drama and not feeling good enough and not feeling like my life was on positive, my life was on a positive trajectory, which is a common theme that even is coming up now, where some of the stuff I was doing has a relationship with that. Uh, but it was, it was stuff at home too, um, stuff in friend groups, you know, just the, all the drama that comes with being in high school and again, feeling like that spotlight was always on me, but like not with a good intention that I was just doing it to forget about all of that. And that's why it became a bad thing. And any relationship you have with a person, a hobby, or even an item, is doomed for some tough moments if the foundation isn't fragile. As my situation in drama worsened and worsened, and situations at home did the same, my dependency on weed became more and more prevalent. People say you can't be addicted to weed, and I truly believe that is just false. I used it so much in the future to heal after long shifts 
to cope with my dad's death, to cope with my insecurities, to shut myself off from the world, to focus on myself, which I realize now was just a fucking lie. I wasn't focusing on myself or even focusing on my pain. I was focusing on keeping myself in a negative vortex. But a negative vortex in the sense of not caring, in the sense of forgetting. I, thought, I felt like it was better to forget about stuff than to remember and address them and take good things out of it. And eventually my experiences, after about, let's see, I started it junior year, that's about 2013, seven years. Seven years I smoked weed. Um, my experiences with weed would just come to a head and the relationship just went stale. And when COVID hit, I f think I felt like most people did. You know, wow, this is scary, but yay, no work. Yay, I can spend time doing what I want within reason. And yay, I can sit at home and smoke or drink and play video games or read or work on gardening or whatever, whatever people took from that. And weirdly, it didn't take long for me to get tired of that. Even though so much of my adult life, I enjoyed that solitude and that kind of schedule. I loved days off because I could do stuff like that. COVID was and is still such a great time to evaluate your life and what you want out of it. After a while, I got to a point where I realized that weed didn't really serve me anymore. And did it ever? I mean, for a long time, I thought it was helping me with anxiety. Or helping me with... Depression. But I don't think it ever was. So I decided to cut it out of my life. I thought that would be the end all. I thought that that would be the end all be all. I was sober for a month to try and set my priorities straight, but my mind wasn't really in the right place for that. And once I stopped that month, I shifted my dependency to drinking. And boy, did that become a problem. Because with weed, it was something I could do all day, every day. And I treated alcohol the same way. And I was, I mean, I would drink every, uh, I would drink a, probably a good amount when I was smoking weed, but smoking weed was mostly the main thing. And then it got to a point where my entire day was revolved around numbing. It's like a snowball effect. I never really addressed my feelings toward my dad or even towards the other situations in my past that I really didn't enjoy. And to a certain extent, I didn't care to. I didn't think it was essential. But it absolutely was. I became someone who was not myself and I didn't even recognize myself in the mirror anymore. And even though I had something so dear and so special in my life at the time, I was unable to see it due to the proceedings of that relationship. Other relationships in my life too, I was just putting negative and energy into and destroying some of them because of my drinking. And I feel like for some of them, they take 
responsibility uh, for that. I feel like they weren't enough for me. But I need to make it very clear to anyone that's listening to this that was dealing with that with me. It had nothing to do with you and everything to do with me. All of this came to a climactic head in March of last year. Uh, it progressively got worse and worse. This is a time period where I was drinking myself literally sick. I was unemployed, so I would just wake up, drink myself into a nap, get up, drink again, fall asleep, wake up, drink. I would. It would be like 10 a.m., wake up, drink until like 3, wake up again at like 7, drink till like fall drink and then like fall asleep and wake up at two and do it again and then like fall asleep at like six it was a vicious cycle that kept me in an unproductive self-loathing mindless box i was unable to express gratitude towards the things i had in life and on march 10th 2021 i made the conscious decision that i had a problem Yet the damage was done, and it was hard to look past that. Thankfully, now I can say that, I mean, my liver is doing fine. My vital organs are all there, but it was scary. I ended up having withdrawals and struggling with it for the next couple of weeks. I would, my hands were shaking. I was waking up in the middle of the night with like my shirt plastered to my body because I was so hot and sweating all the time. And it was just nuts. And it was something that I was just so scared thinking that I was possibly drinking myself to death. Um which is really unfortunate to admit here in front of everyone. But if it wasn't for the love and support that I felt from the people around me, this would have been so hard. I feel like this decision saved my life in many ways. Again, if I never stopped, I wouldn't be sitting here right now in one way or the other. It was hard to feel like my dependency on substances would go away. But I'm here to say that it did. The hardest part about it, I mean, for for me, <laughs> we, quitting weed was honestly harder. The ritualistic, you know, the the blowing the smoke out of you and everything to release your stress. But the hardest part of quitting alcohol was getting over the regret. Wishing I had done it sooner. And I still, I'm sitting here right now and it's, it's honestly getting to me a little bit. I mean, I just, I wish that I could have, I wish that I could have done it sooner. Because I, I feel like I have my life back. I feel like I'm doing things that, that Jack, before he did all, before he started this, would be proud to see that I'm, I'm doing it. 
would be proud to see that he overcame something that felt impossible. But there is a lot of regret. And it's something that I have to live with every day. But find that gratitude that I got here. It's better late than never. And so how's it going? I mean, by the time that this is out, well, I mean, we've already discussed this. It's been eight months. It is hard to sit here and say that I'm proud of myself or that what I did was a harder accomplishment than most people. Some people are in deeper situations than me that would be harder to overcome. But for me, I can definitely sit here and say that it does get easier. I mean, doing this is something that's super important to me. I mean, even though I, I'm getting on here every two weeks right now, talking about stuff. I mean, getting outside. <laughs> something that I neglected for so long. Working out, giving my body good fuel. I talked about all this on the last episode, but it's been, it's been huge. I go to sleep every night, every night now, proud of what I did during the day. And that was something for so long, for many years, those days were few and far between. And I don't, I don't know what my plan is for the future when it comes to drinking or anything of that source, but I don't have any sort of any sort of plan for that. I just want to keep this momentum going. I want to keep doing what I've been doing and keep progressing. And that's my biggest focus right now. But uh yeah it's 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 weird, too, because, I mean, my mom, my sister, the people in my life have already been like, what you have done in the past eight months is A, inspiring, B, I'm proud of you. And uh, I just don't feel it yet. It's really hard, too, because you have so much of that. Like, well, but look at all the time that I wasted. Time is precious. I keep, I've been saying that probably every day for the last eight months to myself. Time is precious. Every day is a gift. And again, that's all a cliche, but it's really the truth. And that's why I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to leave a single rock unturned going forward. It's hard for me to not look back and feel a ton of... It's hard for me to look back and not feel a ton of regret. But I, I, I am starting to feel a sense of gratefulness for what I got out of it. And like I've already said, it was better late than never. Some people never get saved. And now it's just starting to feel like I have control of my life again. I've got my life back. 
Now the joy I feel is amplified by the progress that I've made. Now the man I am and am becoming is someone that younger me would be proud of. Now I live my life with love. I don't hold on to negative energies in my life anymore. It just simply isn't worth it. When I feel that regret, I attack it. I'm aware of it. That's a big thing. That's a big thing that I've already said is the awareness of how you're feeling. You can't attack it if you aren't aware that you're feeling that way. If you're angry and you just are like, yeah, I'm angry and I'm just going to continue to be. It's like, why are you angry? Get to the bottom of it. How can you pre-attack that too? Like there are, there are strategies too that you only you know for how you can lead into something that's possibly going to piss you off and suppress that a little bit. Make it not be as bad. And I think the, another hard part about being sober now is like, I'm 24. Like most, most of the people, what people do for fun is drink. So it's been hard to make new friends or, or, you know, do fun stuff because most people want to drink. But it's not that I don't, I'll still go out. Like I'm not opposed to that. It does, it's not even hard for me. The other day I went to a party and didn't drink and it was easy. It's easy because I don't want to sacrifice the prog progress that I made. And honestly, the social interactions that I had were easier because I am sure of myself and confident genuinely rather than having to depend on an outside source for those things. Which is an another thing that I think is fucking disgusting about the way that they market it to people is oh feel confidence and whatnot and have fun go and drink this and that you the only way to have fun is by drinking the only way to be social is by drinking bullshit absolute bullshit god <laughs> And again, I, like I said, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But if I do, I want to make sure that I have a better relationship with it. Am I drinking because I'm sad? Probably not a good idea. Am I drinking because I want to enjoy a good night with my friends and bond that way? That's something that's probably a little more acceptable. But for me... I don't want to go down the road again, so... And I'm not scared. I, the discipline that I've shown myself that I have in my body over the past eight months to... I mean, I quit... I quit smoking longer ago. I mean, the discipline that I've shown myself is astronomical, way more than I thought it ever was. So, who knows? For me, though... With things I liked, I could never have enough of it because of the quick hits of dopamine was easier to attain, obtain. But now the dopamine I receive is from progress and it outweighs all of that. It's so much deeper rooted and it stays with you. It's not like the notification that you get on your phone um, or playing video game and completing a quest or stuff like that. It's deeper rooted. You can go back to it and be like, yeah, that feels good. Putting my life back on a 
positive trajectory is something that I value now. And I've talked about it a hundred times, not just on this podcast, but with people in my life. And my relationships with those people is something that I value and work on now. Make sure I call people in my life and tell them that I love them. Because again, tomorrow's not fucking guaranteed. I mean, why do we even spend so much time in conflict or away from each other or, you know, just not being fully together in our relationships when anything can happen? But putting my life on a positive trajectory, Jesus, I'm having a hard time saying that, is only going to make me a better man going forward. Not just a man, but a great husband and potentially a father someday. And I think that my dad would be proud of that. I cannot stress how important it has been to take care of of myself and again for you out there that's listening to this that applies to you if you're feeling sad about something I mean I don't know what it is but you have a lot of tools within yourself to make your situation better I promise you because there's, there's a thing that's going on for me where I lost my dad and I lost something else recently. And both of those things are unfortunately out of my control. But the things that are in my control, I'm killing it and I feel great. You can do that too. And now that I've made the changes that I've made... When something bad hits me, I just activate those tools within myself to address them rather than having to supplement with anything. And as long as I'm getting better, I'm winning. So that about uh, that about wraps up this episode. Um, thank you, genuinely. Like from the bottom of my heart for listening to the last one, listening to this one, hearing my story, listening with an open mind and allowing me to be vulnerable here because saying how much I was drinking, that's something that I really haven't, I've finally started coming to admitting it to other people because saying you've quit is one thing, but really letting people know how deep you were into that and where you're at now. It can help me help other people in so many ways, even if they don't have a problem with it. We can all dig ourselves out of holes. We have the tools, even if you have to use your bare fucking hands. So, 
If you or anyone in your life is struggling with an issue along these same similar lines or just an issue in general, please, please reach out. I am always willing to listen. It was not easy coming on here admitting that these things, but it's helpful for, helpful for me. And helping other people is something I truly, truly care deeply about. To anyone listening, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And you have more control over your life than you might think. You have more control. I love you all. Genuinely. And I'm glad I'm still here to be able to say that. Please make sure, like and subscribe, share this with friends and family, and let me know what you think about the episode. And again, I will leave you with this. What makes us infragile makes us not break. And when we don't break, we are still whole. Stay infragile, friends. Stay infragile, friends.